Welcome everyone to episode 83 of the Slow Spin Society podcast. My name is Paul and joining me as always are Rob and Amanda. Whoop, whoop. What's up people? Yo. Guten Tag. It's Seven. gonna be the day. Today we're gonna talk about fixed gear criterium and our resident fixed gear racer Amanda is gonna teach us one thing or two about going fast and taking corners. But speaking of going fast, if you want to hear more about Amanda's last criterium or something you shouldn't stuck into your ass, <laughs> then you should listen to the pre-show. Yeah. You can access the extended conversation at patreon.com slash podcast. It gets more kinky every day. But let's get into the show. Right on. Right on. So, it's been kinky since the beginning. It's been kinky since the Since start. Amanda joined, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, true. For that episode. Hey, oh hey, my that's God. Whoa! That should never have been said. You said it, not me. Hey! Was that not on a podcast where we talked about no, that? We no, we No, that wasn't a private call. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Here is... The theme of this episode. Amanda, as we all know, is pretty good at big gear crit racing. Rob and I have no fucking clue how everything works into that kind of part of the fixed gear scene slash culture. So we're gonna ask questions like we're five years old. Yeah. How does a crit work? What bike should I ride? What the fuck is a drop bar? So, Rob, do you want to take the first question? Yeah, I'm going to... My first question was similar to what you just said. Amanda, can you explain to me and Paul a bit more about how criteriums work in terms of what it is, what it's based on, what's the track like, what, 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 what goes on? All right. So, uh, for those who don't know what a criterium is... Or crit. A yeah. crit, yeah. A crit racing a crit is basically like the same thing as racing a road crit. So a road crit is a basically an organized uh, space where you ride in a round, in a circle, or in a specific mapped out course that you do laps and laps and laps. And doing it fixed gear, so doing it without any brakes and doing it with a specific gear ratio and to take corners and to race you have to choose your ratio wisely and you have to know how to adjust your speed when going into corners by putting pressure on the pedals backwards tell me a bit more about the course are the is rad race is last man woman standing classed as a crit and what would what what would be the definition of a crit in terms of the course layout? I think last woman standing. I don't know if it's a crit. I wouldn't call it a crit. I would call it. Why would you not call it a crit? Because it's not fast enough. I'd say. Oh, okay. I okay. would call like it it's technical over fast. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would call it like a go kart track race. <laughs> 
like a fixed gear go-kart track race. I don't know. because, But yeah, I guess you could also say it's a crit, but you could say it's more of a technical slow crit. Uh, but the, the, the rule set of rat race is the same as a normal crit? Uh, not really, no. Because it has elimination rounds. Uh, mm-hmm. ra- last woman and last man standing. So nor- usually normal crit races, you don't have eliminations. So how many mm-hmm. laps would you have and how does it work? How do you, you just win the race? So it's around in between like 20 thir- to 30 to 35 laps, depending the race and how the Shit. course. Okay, uh, okay. So it's about 45 minutes to an hour race. Um, oh, wow. So it's a lot more intense than rad race then. Yeah. Yeah. It's a full on. You also need stamina. Yeah. A lot yeah. of stamina. Yeah. How long is the course normally in distance? I would say in between like around one kilometer to two maximum. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't do that many kilometers uh, within a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe around 20 to 30 kilometers right. in one race okay yeah i see so let's say i'm a beginner now i understand basically what crit is what gear do i need to comply with like standard regulations so i guess i need a helmet but what else do i need and what can't i bring to like uh, a critterium event so uh racing a crit you absolutely need to have drop bars uh, you're not allowed to ride crits with a riser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, I'd say like 95% of crit races, also they, uh, the rule is you need to be clipped. Mm-hmm. So usually you can't ride straps. Mm-hmm. But that's why, again, like last Man, Last Woman Standing is a particular race. Because mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it's you do rounds while racing, you can have risers, you can have straps, it's a, and it has elimination rounds, so it's, it's quite different. Um, yeah. Does any, is it, do you have to do a brake list? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're not allowed so to have any brakes. Okay, so it's brake list only. And so I guess before a corner, to slow down, can you skid or is yeah. it against the rules? No, you can skid. Okay. Yeah, but people don't skid that hard. Like you sometimes just do like little hops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do small hops. Sometimes I just like try and put pressure on the pedals. I don't often skid really, especially with the ratio. When you ride a really hard ratio, I feel like it's just so exhausting to try and whip a skid. Mm-hmm. Um, also could be dangerous as well to the riders uh, next to you or behind you. Hmm. Yeah, because so I was I was looking at um, the Red Hook crit, which is kind of the reference crit for everyone. And I was looking at their rule book. Hmm. And in terms of what you can and can't ride, well, you have to to use drop bars. Uh, But for example, wheels like tree spokes and like karimas and disc wheels are not allowed. Yeah. You, 
Usually, uh, uh, I've never seen and never ever seen anyone in a crit race with a tree spoke or disc wheels or yeah. So I yeah. don't think they're allowed. Yeah. Also, like you're right. It also says like um, clipless pedals are required. Mm -hmm. Um, brakes are prohibited. Lights and reflectors are prohibited, which is oh. kind of surprising. Hmm. Maybe they catch the the light in someone's eye or something. I, I, it just seems hmm. unnecessary to have them, right? That could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I yeah, I think it also the light situation depends on the race. Uh, back in Montreal, when we would uh, do our fixed gear crits, we need it's a uh, we absolutely have to ride with lights because the race, the fixed gear race, starts after the road races. Mm. Uh, we're the last ones at night and then it's the sun is setting it's getting dark halfway through the crit you're riding and it's dark out so we have to put on lights for the safety of everyone right yeah mm. can you tell me a little bit more about the course itself in terms of do they vary in tech and how technical they are and yeah. you have quite a simple loop and then you can have one which is a lot more technical yeah Back in Montreal as well, um, we'd have Wednesdays, almost e like every two Wednesdays of the entire summer, we have fixed gear crits. It's called Les Mercades de Laval. Um, and it's called what, sorry? <laughs> Les Mercades de Laval. So uh, I, thought, the... I thought that's what you said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tra translating that, it's the Wednesdays of Laval. And basically that race it was just a complete circle mm. so it would not at all be technical it's just a crit going in a circle uh you i don't know how many laps you have you have 45 minutes and there's no laps mm. and then after 45 minutes they ring the final bell uh and that crit you just stay in the the pack in the pack and everyone's attacking and it's a really fast race Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you know ahead of time when you're going to crits in different countries how technical it will be, or do you, do you just have time to warm up? Yeah, I don't think uh, you can tell you you know every uh, like every race you go to if you've ridden it before then you will know. But mm -hmm. the one La Luc crit that I did in France uh, last week, I didn't expect it to be like that. So you basically just learn the course when you're, you're right. kind of warming up. I yeah. saw the course, how it looked like on the map, like when they posted it. And I saw the corners. Um, I was like, okay, this might be the ratio I have to ride. Uh, but I didn't expect it to be that hilly and that technical and sketchy. So yeah, it, it, I, don't, I think they're definitely, when you go to a race, if you don't know exactly what it is, um, it could surprise you. Right. Okay. Yeah. What's your out of interest while we're talking about? What's your do you have a preference or do you just like to mix it up as well? I feel like Amanda would like something pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, that's... so the honestly, I think the perfect race in terms of technicality and speed that I've written so far is the one in Erfurt um that was organized by Martin uh the the founder of uh, Super Cool. It was really fast race with the perfect uh, corners, the absolute right. perfect types of cornering where it, you could corner it really fast. 
but if you're good mm-hmm. and people, if you know, they're not good at taking corners and they lack the confidence in taking technical corners, then they will be slow taking it. But I remember there was one specific corner and I looked down at my Garmin and I think I took it at 39 to 40 kilometers per hour. And it was like my Shit. favorite corner. Yeah. So you were just uh, going for it. You were getting more and more confident each time. And yeah. It was just like, I know I can take That's a nice feeling, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it, they were just perfectly technical enough. Um, mm-hmm. So you could hit them fast. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, so it didn't it wasn't like a 180, complete 180, where you have to slow down a lot and then re-accelerate at the end to get out, which is sometimes, especially well, the one at La Luc, um in France, that's what it was. It wasn't complete 180. So when you accelerate, it was quite difficult with the harder ratio, but you needed a hard ratio because it was such a too long straight line. Right, yeah. That's why the ratio is tricky when it comes yeah. to technical and fast, I see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's say I'm building um, a Criterion bike. Um, and I mean, our listeners are far from dumb, but I like to understand something. I know how it works, but could you explain me how someone should choose their drop bar size? Because it goes, I think, from super narrow to extremely wide. And I know like people have different takes on that. What mm-hmm. is your take? Well, definitely for crit racing, if you want to be as uh, arrow as possible i would not recommend taking flares like flares are nice but flares are more for like gravel vibes track across yes yeah so that's already out of the books and i think you can measure your shoulders Mm -hmm. i don't know what mine are but yeah i think you can always go a bit more narrow in order to get some arrow gains Narrow gains. So a yeah. <laughs> bit narrower than your shoulders. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay. I think what we learned in the bike shop back in the day, I haven't, I haven't uh, but I think a, a general road bike is either your shoulder widths are slightly wider if you're not racing to, for comfort. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to go for aero gains, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you have to just take it in by a centimeter or two, don't you, from your shoulder width. Mm, yeah yeah all right uh my next question was what's the best way for me the best possible way to take a corner properly um oh that's a good question that's an interesting yeah yeah fucking hell i was like jesus that's a good question actually jesus with the question i think (laughs) like i think it depends on the corner And like, if it's a corner that you know you feel confident and you can go in with a lot of speed, then you can take it with speed and come out of it with speed. But if it's a more technical corner, what I try and do is try and reduce my speed before getting in and then Mm -hmm. accelerate my speed within the corner. And then Mm -hmm. while I'm taking the corner out, then accelerate as much as I can to get that momentum back okay so slowly kind of slowly decelerate before the corner yeah. not in the corner and then yeah. accelerate into the corner yeah exactly while you're in the corner that's when you regain your momentum because if you're taking that you take too much uh, speed in the corner 
then you kind of like freak out when you're inside. You feel like you're going too fast and that's when you can like crash or you can tr you're going to try within the corner, try and also reduce your speed, which is also technical and um, makes you not have as much skills on the bike or you're kind of moving too much because you're trying to reduce your speed within the corner. Mm. Um, yeah, it can be just a bit out of place. Um, because I was yeah. so I was listening to the second episode of Will Howe Sisters. Hey, we have a new show. You should check it out. Um, Definitely check it out. And Melissa was talking about Apex and learning where to like shoot for a corner, etc. Yeah. Um, and could like compare it to motorcycle races so yeah that her what she was talking about of like how to uh hold your line if someone's behind you how to take a corner i know that when you take a corner you always want to try and be an inside as much as possible because someone can cut through on the inside of you mm -hmm. so that's how you want to kind of guard your line but sometimes when a line when a corner is too technical you want to also go take it through the outside go okay. out and then in but then you're opening up your line but i still i definitely think i have to uh, learn from melissa and listen to more of what she has to say about how to spot open lines as well right because um, mm. she knows what she's doing <laughs> so it's all about like ticket inside a little bit more slowly but you, you're gonna guard your your place or take it outside with a bit more speed, but someone might take it from the inside. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just go past people, can you? It's not like it's not that easy. It's really it's not, no, it's really not. And I try and spot the course of like moments, areas which are the best areas to try and attack right. or pass yeah. someone within mm -hmm. the race. And it doesn't always go as planned. Like when you're in the race, you don't think of that anymore. You're just like doing it and trying to find little moments. And sometimes the areas of where you'd like to pass someone, it just doesn't happen. And the person is not there or it's just too intense that moment. Yeah. So you definitely try and spot the best, the best lines. That leads me into kind of the next question, really. What's your like mental state? Like how much adrenaline? I mean, if you're on the course for 45 minutes and is it just, yeah. Can you explain a bit about that? Yeah. Adrenaline and heart rate is to the absolute max. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's why people get addicted to, um, to racing uh, is because the, after the race, you are so high on dopamine. You're right. Uh, I think that leads into also, what do you love about it? Definitely the, the, the adrenaline rush and after the, the race, the way you feel like I, def I feel sometimes I'm just high. I'm literally mm. high. I'm like, okay, guys, right now I can't talk or because you just have so much going on in your brain after the race. Yeah. Right. And your BPM is off the roof. Like I think last race, I had 195 BPM, so. Wow. 195? Yeah. Wow. Bro, is that, is that normal? 
I think for I think athletes so. in that in that situation, yeah, sure. Yeah, it was like in between one ninety five and one eighty five. How many people normally are you racing against, and how many categories is there, or how does that work? Um, I think for women racing, it really depends the race, but there's like in between could be like 10 to five women mm. or sometimes if it's a bigger race it can be like 15 women which is a really good number i think because it's really not often there are 15 women so yeah we need more women racing but i think for men it's about 30 in a yeah. Crit. yeah about mm. 30 you mentioned that look you're racing with each other yeah, so at La Luc, there was a category A and a category B. And the first 20 to, we did basically qualifications and then we had finals. Mm -hmm. So then the first 20 to finish would then go into category A. And then the last 20 were in category B. And then the women, there was not enough women. So we raced in category B with the men and we beat more than half of them. Sick. Which was nice. <laughs> Is it common that men and women race at the same time, even if they're in different categories in crits? Um, so far, the races I have done in crit racing, the majority of them have always been raced uh, with men. Mm -hmm. um, I think the two crits I've ever raced just against women were in Erfurt and in at uh, Berlin at Last Woman Standing. Mm. Yeah, so the other times I've always raced with men and they're pretty darn fast. Yeah, does it make it more, if you know that there's faster riders out there, even though they're not in your category, does it kind of mess with you a bit? Definitely. I think um, I've just experienced it in races where I know that certain men are really strong or like all of this group of people are really strong. So already in my mind, I kind of say like, oh, it's going to be hard for me to keep up and stay with the main pack or stay behind someone's wheel. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of plays with your head because you should not go into a race uh, thinking that. Yeah. And I've also been told, yeah, just stay in the back. Like before a race, like they, I, they don't want me to be in the the platon and be with the group racing like with the strong they're just like yeah yeah just grab our wheels and stay in the back and it's like no don't tell me to do that like i can place myself i should be allowed and want to place myself wherever i want of course you should you're if you're racing men and women in different levels then you're allowed to do exactly how you want to do it yeah yeah you shouldn't be just, then told yeah. to sit at the back and then just wait until yeah fuck that yeah and also it's sometimes it's hard to do like, I guess maybe it wasn't, uh, didn't come off too. They didn't want to come off as, I don't know, like irrespectful or whatever, but just harder when you're in a crit, when you're in behind, like the packed in the back, it's always harder to keep up. You always want to be in the front. You always want to be in a good spot, in a good mm -hmm. position, especially like even in road crit racing. Um, because when you take a corner, it's always the people in the front that have the advantage there because they're the ones controlling the speed. Mm -hmm. While when you're in the back, you're always a couple of seconds slower to follow the the line. You're always tailing. Yeah, exactly. So you're always trying, you're always, always pushing a bit more to try and keep up when you're at the mm -hmm. back. And the further are you are in the back, the more you're trying to keep up and the more energy you're uh, using. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Interesting. Interesting. My next question was, so what kind of, if I want to start Criterion, what kind of training should I do? Good question. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm just... You're on fire today with the question. I'm hitting bangers all the time. So if you want to start fixed gear crit racing, first of all, I'd start by getting comfortable in a fixed gear. Like if you want to learn how to ride a fixed, first go out, start riding fixed gear, ride fixed gear in the streets, commute to work by using a fixed gear. Just first learn how, to, to, how a fixed gear works and get comfortable on the bike for anyone who's already raced. Do, does races or even anyone just wanting to start uh, riding fixed and then for the when it comes to like stamina and training it would just i would say like first start riding every i would say about three to four times a week if you can even five times a week that's yeah, a lot a lot a lot but uh yeah three times a week to four is good even just doing one hour a day on the bike can really help and you'll see an increase of like your stamina uh within like even a month i'd say of riding yeah just go out and ride as much as you can so if i if i already have like a decent level like i'm i'm riding every day to commute like mm -hmm. is there anything i can do to kind of step up to a more athletic level yeah i mean you can start training so just commuting is definitely a good way to keep you healthy keep you in shape but then there's a training side to things where uh you can this is getting into the more nitty-gritty side of things but you have like vo2 max and then vo3 um and usually when you want to train these? uh vo2 is like uh, so basically your heart rate Mm -hmm. So depending on like your fitness level and then your heart rate and it also takes into account, yeah, of how hard you push. And so basically you have like moments when you ride where you can be burning fat or you can be burning carbs. And usually when you're going over your VO2, so vo2 is basically kind of like a chill ride you're just strolling around you're just pedaling you're just spinning and you're not pushing your heart rate too high like over 150 bpm you want it to be like around 140 145 it can be also be 130 and that's a stage where you burn the most fat and that's where a lot of people train in really yeah so i think a lot of athletes like they're especially when you want to before like crit season before racing season you want to do a lot of like vo2 rides where you're burning a lot of fat and you're kind of going slowly but you're doing longer ride like long right, rides right and that apparently really increases your fitness level in the long run and then you can also then be doing um like intense more intense workouts but you want to do less intense workouts so that's i guess why sorry um why for example like messengers and couriers because they're out on the road every day they're riding at a speed that they keep within their they're not killing yeah. themselves exactly they're, they're keeping a really high a speed pace for themselves but they they don't want to burn themselves out because they've got another three hour shift four hour shift or whatever so i guess that's, yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah sorry as a yeah. courier i kind of like to 
sometimes it's the end of the day. I know it's going to be my last delivery. Let's see. When I have a little bit of energy, I kind of like to end myself off. Like, I'm going to sprint this or I'm going to just push this really hard. And I know it's going to be a pain to go back home, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just like a funny little thing to do. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. And I think, yeah, speaking of just like messengers and cruising and just being able to have like a steady pace throughout the day, I think it's uh, but like when it comes to training, you can easily burn yourself out if you're pushing too hard. And if you're constantly training at a too high level, which mm-hmm. I kind of did, uh, unfortunately, a couple like a month ago or yeah, um, where I was not doing like VO2 rides enough where I was just spinning my legs and being relaxed i was just kind of pushing myself too hard in training uh and i constantly had like knots all over my legs yeah and you can just burn yourself out so apparently it's more effective if you train consecutively um but do it at a low uh, intensity and Mm -hmm. just a chill intensity than just like constantly doing Mm -hmm. high intensity yeah that's that's it's not it's less beneficial yeah, you don't need to beat yourself dead all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm not an expert and I'm far from being a pro, so <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Our yes. Criterium is also the courses, the same course can be on a road bike as well. Yes. Or are they fixed gear specific? No, uh, there are a lot of crit races that they have a road ra- a road crit and then they have a fixed crit. Mm-hmm. So even at the Le Franc uh, in France, they had a road crit before the fixed crit. Right. Do, do people do both? Are people into both? Um, do people cross over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were some people... Uh, and even by uh, Montreal, there are some there are people who race the road crit before, and then they race the fixed crit. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Let me hurt intense. myself <laughs> for an entire night. <laughs> yeah. So, if you could do it in like one sentence, what would be your best advice for a beginner? Mm. <laughs> Take your time. Go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah I hope you yeah, yeah, like it. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Because yeah. every time you go out there and do it, you learn. You learn every time from a race. You'll start off not knowing anything, doing it once, and then learning from that experience, and doing it a second time, and learning, and then third, and then a fourth. And every single time, you just gain more and more experience know more about yourself as a as an individual as a rider and know when you bonk know when uh you have to eat on the bike know when how fast you can go for how long um and pushing yourself every time uh so you just gotta go out and do it and then you'll 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 learn and you'll know good answer yeah because I'm going to be fully honest with you. Um, I had a little bit of time off today. So I looked at some like crit POV mm. um, on YouTube. And that shit is scary as fuck. The proximity, the speed, and the people crashing just in front of you. It is so scary. I understand mm-hmm. why so many people are 
kind of reluctant to start racing, it looks so impressive from the outside. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my question was, I know it looks impressive, but what what would be your advice for someone that you know that starts and is too scared to even think about it? I think we're all scared. Like, uh, it might not look it, but we're all nervous. Someone who has a lot of experience to someone who has little, we're all nervous on the starting line. So you're, we're all in the same boat at the end of the day. Um, and mm. we've all been there. We, every single rider who is on the line has, are there because they've done it. They had that one time in their life where it was their first race. So, yeah, everyone should remember that no matter how good you are, no matter like how far you get, you we should always just look back to like, yeah, we were once there. We were once in that position. So, yeah. Have you yeah. seen or had any gnarly crashes? Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, at La Lucrit, uh last week in France, uh, there were a lot of crashes. Yeah. Especially, like I said in the pre-show, I talked about how the course was made. And honestly, I think it was the sketchiest fixed gear race I've ever done. And going downhill in the little steep downhill and taking the corner on the cobblestone and going up the hill, which was super, which was slippery. So many people wiped out there. And there's like an ambulance and yeah. Yeah. But shout out to Raphael Lemieux. She's one uh, Red Hook crit and she's from Montreal. Um, there's a photo of her bunny hopping a guy who crashed right in front of her in a crit, in a fixed gear crit. No and way. she bunny hopped over him. Clean which and landed. Is, uh, yeah, and landed sick. and continued racing. Sick. Bro. And yeah, she's sick. racing with the men. So, yeah. That's sick. Yeah. That is good. You'll have to practice your bunny hops then, Amanda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bunny hops save life. Yeah. Yeah. I can actually, I'll send that to you guys. Yeah, put that in the show notes. That'd be cool. How does it feel to be on the podium? Uh, the Being on the podium feels absolutely great. <laughs> um, it's a great feeling and it's, yeah. Also, why I like to race is because, like, I want to be on that podium. Yeah. It's just the competitive side of me. It's a good feeling. And again, like, coming back to feeling, the feeling after a race is, like, feeling after a race, especially when you win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're on That's full of dopamine yeah. and you have so much um, going on, like, all the whatever's going on in your brain from all this all the co2 and uh adrenaline so you're kind of everything's hazy feel like you're high but then also you won and you're just like celebrating with people mm-hmm. so it's uh yeah it's something that you want to keep fighting for i guess sick very cool um you don't have to reveal everything but what like I've learned that crit is also about like strategy and I wanted to ask what was your personal one? Is it 
going all in from the beginning and see how long you last? Or do you want to stay behind and then actually like go forward step by step? Do you have a personal strategy? I think it all depends on who you are as a rider. You know your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, you know yourself. So you basically, I think, started strategically. Your uh, every racer is different. Like, when should you attack? Should you attack at the last lap, at the last couple of laps, and keep your stamina for the rest of the race? And also, I think uh, strategy. Your strategy always changes for every race, depending on who the like who you're up against at a race. What riders are there? Uh, what's your competition? Uh, what's the course like? How long is the course? How technical is the course? How fast is it? If there's a lot of headwind in one section, so you make a strategy where you should be behind someone in one specific area on the course and then take over. It it all depends, I think. And again, like coming back to racing for the first time, like all these little things you get to learn the more you race and the more you do it. Like I... I started racing two years ago, uh, and I would not have believed that where I am today, and cool. I would not be where I am today if I if I have never, I never, like if I didn't keep on trying uh, and learning from the process every time and getting more experience. That's really inspiring. Really good. Well said. Yeah. Yep. All right. And is the my last question, is there a dream race that you'd like to go to and compete at? Uh, well, first of all, my biggest dream race in my entire life was racing at Last Woman Standing oh, in Berlin. Oh, and you did it. Aww. Yeah, that's cool. She did it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to yeah, come back and I'll kick be... ass next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would really like to race at Thundercrit if there's mm -hmm. going to be one this year. And I... I think my also my biggest dream race would be racing at Red Hook Crit, but mm -hmm. unfortunately they don't exist anymore. But yeah. yeah, that would be my ultimate dream race. Yeah. Yeah. But I Red guess Hook I have was to great. Yeah, I didn't have to look forward to a fix forty two. I guess that's the race that's kind of the most similar that mm -hmm. still exists mm -hmm. that is uh to Red Hook Crit. Yeah. Sick. Mm -hmm. All right. You well. And does anyone does anyone want to add something? No, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. I really really like talking about that with you. Thanks. Very cool. I liked sharing. Well, thank you, Amanda, for all of the crit advice. And if you're a beginner or if you're looking to get into crits, then I think. Uh, it's safe to say that you can DM us or Amanda, preferably Amanda, for some <laughs> advices, and we'd love to to hear what you guys have to say. On yes. that note, that's gonna wrap up another episode of the Slowspin Society podcast. Everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog slowspinsociety.com, along with the various articles and write-ups I post every two weeks. New homepage is up. I'm really proud. Go check it out. Slow Spin Society is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get value out of a show, want to consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash podcast to join the community we're pledging at any level. We'll grant you access to the extended cut of the pre and after show. 
Special thanks goes to Niels, our editor, and our 44 Patreon supporters making this show possible and ad-free. We love you guys. You can find us on our Discord server, the invite link is also in the show notes. Or is our Instagram accounts at Slowspinsidey, Rob is at currency.co, Amanda is at Amanda Seberger, and I go by at underscore Paul underscore you. As always, sharing the podcast with your friend is by far the easiest way to support the show or by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Maria and the illustration is by me. Thank you everyone for sticking around until the end of the podcast. It's always great to have you to look at all your comments, to read all the nice things you have to say. And we'll see you in two weeks. Have a good one. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Ciao. See you next time. Bye.